the Subtle Forces Podcast. I am your host, Anja Not Anja. Today's show is a filibuster by my friend, Sydney Honecker. Warning, this show has abortion, criticism of the Catholic Church, graphic discussions of menstruation, and rampant disrespect for authority figures. Enjoy. So I went to a Catholic high school. I went to a Catholic grade school. Um, And I was there on scholarship or whoever well-off, wealthy person in the community that knew my family's financial situation for some reason decided to pitch in and pay for my tuition that year. My sister went to the public high school, like, by choice. She did not want to do the Catholic high school again, but I managed to make, like, one really, really close friend, and I'm like, I'm not leaving, Katie. Like, we, I mean, like, we people, like, joked about us. They're like, those two are the lesbians. I'm like, whatever. We're fine with it because we're, like, super best friends, and we finished each other's sentences and started like talking in the same way and everything too and so they're like yeah they're basically the same person they're just here now but yeah so I went to Catholic school my family could not afford it it was a private school it was very small there was maybe 30 kids in my class and junior year it was the year that everyone was feeling adventurous and explorative and had all these questions and so they brought the new bishop in and when I tell you like the hard-on the community had over this bishop was ridiculous. They kept talking, like, our superintendent of the school and the pre- the local parish priest kept saying, like, this is such a, a virile, handsome, exciting bishop. He's young and handsome and strong. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Okay, it's a bishop and he's virile and handsome and strong and and all the grandmothers in the community are going to church now and I'm just like, is this the message you want to preach about God and get people to go to the Catholic Church? And I met him, I'm like, he looks like Mike Pence. Like, I'm not kidding. But like, you know the guy that like, it, he got... He went viral during the elections, like because that guy that was walking around Times Square, he would like looked exactly like Mike Pence, but he wore bike shorts with a suit and tie, and he was like, "I'm Mike Hot Pence." This guy looked like Mike Hot Pence, but like still like Mike Pence, and I'm like, "Is he that attractive that he's gonna bring all the grandmas to church?" But anyway, they brought him in to talk to us and answer our questions, and I was like, "Yeah," I had just come out of sophomore year of high school at this Catholic school, I had just been massively disillusioned by the Catholic Church and all of it because I was brought to the Right to Life March in Washington, D.C. And it wasn't until, I mean, there was a lot that I saw there, but it wasn't until the bus ride home that they played us this documentary that was just like bananas insane like talking about how Planned Parenthood was started by the Nazis to like breed white people (laughs) and and that they like burned aborted fetuses for electricity and I'm like okay all right this is 
this is insane. And like our teacher, one of the priests stood up and was like, this documentary, I know you saw a lot this weekend, but the documentary is going to change your life. It did change my life. I stopped believing in God. <laughs> For a minute, I think I still believe in something, but certainly not whatever the hell the Catholic Church is shitting out of their pants right now. So this is the following year that we had this meeting with this bishop. And like half my class that were like, I had only that one super close friend then I had my lunch table that was like, we're like-minded. We're like the like socialist outliers in this Catholic high school. We had just learned what a socialist was. We were super into it. We're like, we're this little club. When they found out and they saw the look on my face, they're like, Sid, like, just keep it chill. And we'll just get through this afternoon. Because this was supposed to be like an hour meeting, like where we all missed one class for this meeting with the bishop to ask him questions and it lasted the rest of the afternoon and it was entirely my fault because he like everyone was asking him questions and like some of them were rebellious or if somebody asked him a question that was not um easy to answer or that like they wanted his personal answer he would always say well the bible teaches or well the pope teaches and I was like, oh, I'm going to nail, I'm going to nail this guy. I'm going to ruin his day. And so like I stood up and I was like, I have a couple questions. And I was like saying, kind of like, so you previously said like you, the reason we have to go to church is because that is like the most personal place to reach for God. That's where God is. And I was like, well, maybe I personally feel way more connected to God in nature what if I need to have a conversation with God and my first instinct is to go to the beach and like talk to the lake because God must be in that water because the Great Lakes are like, I've been to other lakes and I grew up on the Great Lakes and any other lake that's not the Great Lake, I'm like, this is a pond. What the fuck are you talking about? This is a glorified pond. I can see the other side of it. This is a joke. So I'm like, yeah, God must be in Lake Erie. And he like said, well, the Bible teaches. And I was like, I want to hear what you have to say. And he's like, well, I have to tell you what the Bible teaches. And I'm like, I don't care. And then, so I just kept arguing with this guy and we probably like went back and forth for like 40 minutes. And this is where the filibuster started and what made the, the day last a very long time. Because I launched into the story about how I was a super depressed kid, like throughout the eighth grade, like my grade school closed down. It was like the other Catholic grade school in town where all the still well off but like below the median income kids went like my parents could afford that school no one had to help me go there they closed it down because they said it wasn't like serving the community or whatever and so we all got and it was a brand new state-of-the-art building great shape actual heating and then we were all ushered over to saint joe's grade school which was like right next to the high school and i'm like this very quickly clocked all the kids in my class clocked that this was a marketing ploy to get us to go to the high school because it was right next door but this building was falling apart like i got hit in the face with a piece of the ceiling from the bathroom that fell like my first day there and because it just like scrapped off and there was like a cat it was weird it was in the basement there was a couch i don't know what was going on there and so I'd been like a depressed kid and I like went launched into that story to the bishop and I was like I did not find any solace at all and I'm like I pointed out the window to 
St. Joseph Church that was across the street. I'm like, I found nothing but like sadness and oppression in that building. I'm like, it's so dark that like for whatever reason where it's positioned on the block, no natural light at all seeped through those windows. And so you couldn't even see like how bright or vibrant the stained glass might have been or any of the artwork in there, which I've since been back since an, I've been an adult and like the architecture, artwork, stained glass, everything in that church is stunning but you can't see it. It's dark and it's sad. And I'm like, I don't feel good or safe or happy or connected to God at all in that place. And so I said, I feel very connected to something at the beach. And then this is when the bishop started arguing with me because he was done with my shit. He's like, well, then you're a pantheist. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And so I was like, and then he told me, he's like, well, that means like you believe like, nature is God. I'm like, that's not at all what I said. I said, I feel connected to God and nature. And if I'm going to have a conversation with him and he keeps saying like, you have to go to God's house to have a conversation with him. That was his main argument with me. And I'm like, I thought you said God created the entire earth. Is the ent- if, he cre- if he built this place, is this not his house? Why do I have to go into this dark building with no air conditioning that makes me sad and is full of like rich kids that are like trying to like do inappropriate things to each other under our very hefty plaid skirts in the back rows of the church. And and I'm not kidding, I said that shit. And he was just getting more and more frustrated with me. And up until the point where our religion teacher for the year, Mrs. Foster, who I did really like her because our religion class that year was not just another religion class where we had to read insane passages out of the Bible. It was world religions. So we got to learn about all the other religions. And one girl was even like, I think I'm a Buddhist now. And she was fine with it. And, but Mrs. Foster still stood up and was like, okay, I think the conversation's getting away from us. And I was like, it's not getting away from me. I have more questions. And I I said something like, I think I, I think I did start trying to talk to him about like marriage and abortion and he got very uncomfortable because he hadn't studied up on what the church says about abortion and he wasn't happy about the questions I was asking and he started getting like redder and redder and I'm just like this like super handsome virile young bishop seems like he's having trouble breathing so I yeah, I just, I was, I was like fresh off of like a transformation. I'm like, I am no longer a Catholic at this point. Like I'm still being woken up on Sunday to go to church with my mom and my grandma, but I'm no longer a Catholic. Like, it's not possible. And so, yeah, I'm like, okay, so what is your opinion on abortion? And he's like, the church teaches. I said, what is your opinion? on abortion and he's like my opinion is the church's opinion and I said that's not real (laughs) and then Mrs. Foster stood up with a big clap of her hands and was like okay thank you so much for coming Bishop Daniel Thomas that concludes our question and answer portion of the afternoon everyone go back to class no one stopped me no one pulled me over and said why the fuck did you do that because they were super used to me at that point. Um, 
they were super used to the things that I would say and do at that point. So I kind of had a weird free reign to do it. I was also a kid that lived in a lower income area of town, which at that time and now the school system, like the, the, the diocese of Toledo or whatever, was being pressured from the state to accept kids who couldn't afford the tuition from those lower income areas. And they're like, well, this one's white. So let's. <laughs> there was maybe two other kids in my vicinity that I knew in that school at the time that were people of color. And because like our district of our where I lived was incredibly redlined, like very redlined, like insanely, like obvious. Like you walk through town, and you're like, oh, like even conservatives can't deny it. And so, yeah, it was very much like that. And I was their boon on that. They're like, well, see, here's this low income kid and she's here. We let her in. And, but like even then still like it was half scholarships and people actually paying me so they still got all paying for me so they still got all their money um so yeah I kind of had a weird reign to say and do what I wanted and just before that day I think they were prepared for it because we had had this this guy and a girl come in and talk to my junior class and they separated us. The guy talked to this guy and we talked to this girl. And they were, both of them were probably like in their mid-20s. And I remember this girl, like, she was cute. She was young, like very relatable. We're like, yeah, we can see ourselves being her in a few years. And she like, I don't remember a ton about how she got into this discussion. But she was definitely there to talk to us about like sex and birth control and but from a religious standpoint. Mm-hmm. And she told us this story to make her feel very relatable to us about how she had been dating this guy and she thought she was in love with him and she thought she would probably lose her virginity to him. And she's like, but then he turned over and he looked at me one day and he said, gosh, you'd be so beautiful once your acne clears up. And she told us this story and she was like, and, and it just hit me. I realized I was going to, I was going to give this man my precious gift. And I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> I threw up in my mouth and I watched four other girls throw up in their mouths, particularly like, cause there's 30 kids in our class. If somebody had sex, we all heard about it. So, like, that's safe to say out of 30 kids, like, 30% of them were not virgins by the Catholic Church's standards. And I was, but I still threw up in my mouth. Precious gift. And she launched, she kept continuing with that story. And she's like, I almost gave this man my precious gift. And it made me rethink everything. And I turned back to, like, my catholic roots i turned back to god and i realized if a man was really cherished me he would wait for me and i was like that's not even where the story began it began with you being hot for this guy until he told you that you had acne like that's not like (laughs) i'm sorry but that's not how this goes that's not a religious story that's not a turn back to god moment that's like i got burned by a dickhead and now i found jesus Like, if that's a story, tell us that story. Don't tell us this. And somehow, I think, God, no, this came after. This came after the bishop visit. 
because I have to believe I'm a little self-centered. So I have to believe I rubbed off on some of the girls in my class and they were all questioning this woman. Like they were ruining her day. She came in and she seemed gentle and very fragile. And half the girls in my class were like, she is not going to leave here emotionally intact. Like it was like we met each other's eyes and we just decided we're going to ruin her day. And so everyone started asking her questions that she was not prepared to answer because she started talking about like birth control and birth control pills and about how birth control pills basically like if you take them and you have sex like that's killing the baby and I stood up and I was like I'm on birth control pills and I was 16 17 years old and she's just like well can I ask you why is it for uh like prevention and I was like, I love that you just called that prevention when you said it's actually murder. <laughs> and she was like, well, you know what I mean. And I was like, yes, yes, I do. And she was like, I told her, I was like, well, starting sophomore year and progressing up to this point, which peaked at sophomore year of high school, I had the most painful and horrific periods of my life. And it was not until I was in my 20s that I learned that periods are not supposed to be painful discomfort yes they're supposed to be uncomfortable they are not supposed to be painful certainly not to the point where I'm going to the ER every single month and I was remember the day viscerally the worst one was I was in physical science class with Mr. Wonderly who I had as my favorite teacher because we had a wonderful love-hate relationship he knew I was like dumber than a sack of rocks about math and science I, like, think if I talked to, like, a specialist, they would diagnose me with dyscalculia. I can't see numbers. Product skews. They have to be read in a specific cadence. Like, it can't be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It has to be, like, 1, 23, 45. Or I can't hear it. My brain just shuts off. And so, no, I was doing very badly in science class. And Mr. Wonderly is like, yeah, she's stupid, but she's funny. And so we would tell jokes on each other. We would roast each other. And there had been like a really bad incident where he had a really, really strong magnet in class and I was trying to fuck with it. And I had this like little stick of a magnet and I was trying to get the strong magnet to like come across the counter and it flew across the counter and it hit me in the chest and I fell into a garbage can in his class. And so this is his impression of me when I collapse on the floor in the middle of an assignment, like an experiment. And I, you just hear him drone. He's, like, sitting cross-legged at his, like, podium of a desk that's, like, 12 feet off the ground because he's, like, 5 feet tall, and I think he probably didn't want people to know. And he's assuming, like, Sydney's doing something stupid to get out of this assignment. <laughs> but, no, I collapsed on the ground because my cramps were – I felt like somebody put a knife in my gut and started twisting it. Like, I was screaming – and he, like, I heard him say, like, chill out. And then my friend, my best friend, Katie, comes over and she's like, she's not faking. And even she was surprised because my go-to to get out of class, because we had block scheduling, so it was four classes a day and they were all an hour and a half long. And my go-to was to, like, take a sip of tea, go out in the hallway and, like, make throw-up noises and spit it into the trash can. And so then I could go spend, like, the period sleeping in the nurse's office. I had surprisingly high grades in high school, <laughs> despite that. Um, thank God for the curve in that physical science class. But, yeah, so I was definitely not faking that time. And I, my mom was, like, worked at a hair salon down the street. 
she could not get there fast enough. They didn't call an ambulance for me. Cause I was they the nurse was like, Well, what's wrong? And I'm like, I think it's my period cramps. And I was like, but it feels really bad. Like I'm in a lot of pain. Like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stand. They did not call an ambulance. They called my mom. And because they told my mom that it was not they think she's just having period cramps. My mom didn't like rush because they told my mom I was just having period cramps. And they weren't allowed to like just give me ibuprofen without her permission. But ibuprofen would not have solved the problem because I was on the floor having like a seizure. Like my body was seizing. Like it was horrible. And she got there and she was furious because she's like, my child's on the goddamn floor. That's not normal. This is not period cramps. And so she took me to the ER and told them what was going on. And we still had to wait, I think, three hours while I'm sitting there and my muscles have never been so tense in my life. And I was in so much pain. Like, I couldn't see. Like, I think I was pretty much blinded. And we finally get back to the ER. Like, I finally get a bed. And the doctor just comes in and they're like, what's the problem? And I was like pointing to my stomach. I'm like, I think it's my cramps. Like, there's something wrong. And starts like trying to pull my pants off. And to like check, he's like, well, we have to check because I had like my uniform pants and they were like high waisted and whatever and very like a basically a chastity belt. And so they're like trying to take my pants off and I'm like blind in pain and freaking out. And I'm like, you, I didn't want them to take my pants off. It was a massive period. I threw my underwear away at lunch. Like I was like, I'm, and I finally got the sentence out that I didn't have any underwear on. I'm like, stop trying to take my fucking pants off. I don't have any underwear on. And then finally I got the attention of the room because they still didn't believe that I was in this much pain because I said I'm on my period and I think there's something wrong with my cramps. And finally, a female nurse is like, okay, everyone step out of the room except for me, mom, and daughter who's laying on the bed basically having a seizure and still in so much pain that my body is so tense. Like, my muscles were locked. Like, I was frozen. And they... The nurse was like, okay, we're going to get you into a hospital gown. And then, like, the doctor will be able to, like, palpate your stomach through the hospital gown. I'm like, thank you for, like, doing this now. And they did. He didn't find anything. And I'm like, this is a waste of time. They took me back to get an x-ray. And I had to put on, like, hospital scrub pants because for some reason you couldn't. The hospital gown wasn't enough. So I had to wear some doctor's dirty scrub pants with my uniform shirt and of course I bled on them and the doctor I think I don't know he must have been trying to find some common ground with me trying to be nice to me he's like well we know the problem and he slaps me on the back he's like you're full of shit and I was like I'm 16 years old I'm having the worst day of my life and he's like then he gave me the scientific explanation and he was like you've been so tightly like your muscles have been clenched and active for over 24 hours he's like we can see that you have the muscle fatigue right now of someone who just ran a marathon an entire marathon he's like you need to relax and he's like but you couldn't and so this is basically your organs are being compacted and squished because you can't go to the bathroom because you're in that much pain that you've been like seized up for over 24 hours and i was like i hate your phrasing but thank you for the laxatives. And they sent me home 
Well, they were going to send me home just like that. And I was like, but this pain is still too much. And they told me, like, this is going to take a couple hours to kick in. And I'm like, that's not possible. And finally, finally, they're like, we have a non-opioid pain medication that we can give you. And so I got a shot in the butt that hurt super bad. And the pain went away. And then I spent the entire night in the bathroom. But I felt better the next day and was diagnosed with PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is PMS on crack, basically. And yeah, super painful periods. And so I told that whole story to that woman that came in and talked to my religion class because she told me that because I'm on birth control pills for period pain, I could substitute those out by rubbing lavender on my crotch. And, And I was like, let me tell you why I can't. And so I told her that whole story. And she was mortified, like no one had ever said something to her like that before. And you can see it in her face. I'm like, I just gave her her life's worst trauma. And after that, the other girls in my class just stood up and started telling their stories about contradictory to the bullshit this lady was telling us, like about like being gay and another girl in my class stood up and was like well my sister's gay married to a woman and I fucking love her and someone else in my class stood up and was like I've already had sex and I love it and like everyone was just fucking with her and it was beautiful here was these 30 no not 30 30 the whole class was 30 10 11 12 girls in this class just deciding to fucking wreck this pious woman's day, possibly her whole life. Like, she'll never get over it. And it was beautiful. We all hated each other. None of us were friends. Everybody had, like, one friend. And we all, like, we were, like, in teams. And we all, like, you find your teammate, and then you hate everyone else. And then, like, as a team, you hate each other. It was great. And... But that day, I don't know what happened. Something clicked in that class, and we're like, we're a whole team now. And so, yeah, we were going at it. We were inappropriate. We were horrible. We wrecked her day. She left early. And we knew she left early because the guy was still across the hall talking to the the guys in our class for another 30, 40 minutes. And we came out, and they apparently had done the same thing to this man. Like, we were all talking about what just happened. And the guys had, like, fucked with this guy. Like, royally talking about, like, how relationships need to be male-led. And, like, women will look to men for that. And then we there was this one guy who was dating this other girl in my class. And he was, like, a year older because the seniors were in on this, too. He is, like, my relationship is very much controlled by my girlfriend. Who else would, like, be able to pop my back pimples in the middle of geometry class? And they did. We all hated them. But that was a perfect antidote to scream at this man. He's like, no, my girlfriend's in charge and I love it. Like, there was just, like, we had just woken up by that point. Like, Instagram had just become a thing. We were all Snapchatting each other. Everybody was getting nudes. We just were reading about socialism. It was chaos and it was beautiful. And, yeah, gosh, that's... That was Catholic school. It was. <laughs> that was Catholic school. Thank you to Sydney for your story. 
thank you to Sydney's friends for coming over and supporting her as she filibustered. And remember, when encountering any subtle force, you have both your logic and your feelers with which to interpret it.